Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You will learn to think, move, and fight like soldiers. They took everything from me. My sister's coming. Sam! This is our world. This is our home. Our only choice is to take it back. You're listening to Bookmarked, the Young Adult Book Podcast brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 11, and episode 11 is all about the fifth wave. We survived it, but did we like it? We've got all of that and more coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. Okay, so before we begin, we just want to give you a quick spoiler warning. This episode does have spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie or read the book, um, you are going to get spoiled listening to this episode. If that's important to you, then come back later after you have seen the movie or read the book. Um, we tried to do this episode without spoilers, and it just didn't work. We gave up like midway through. So I'm just here to let you know and give you your fair warning that this episode does have spoilers. So other than that, uh, we'll move on and get on with the show. Thanks. Um, so let's go ahead and start by introducing everybody on the panel first. So it's actually a really small panel, unlike last week. Uh, <laughs> we have myself, Saul, and then we have Addie. Hi. And then Christy. Hey, guys. All right. So obviously we're here to talk about the Fifth Wave movie. Um, just came out a couple days ago. It's been out in other countries for like a week or two now though i know like australia or new zealand had it for a while but it just came out in the u.s just came out in the uk recently um all three of us have seen the movie and we're going to go ahead and talk about it um to start off we just want to say that we're going to keep this as a short episode kind of like last week 30 minutes uh maybe 40 minutes i think we went into 40 minutes last week um but we're going to try and keep it around that uh time frame uh so let's just go ahead uh i read the book and it's been like two years since I read the book. Christy, I'm pretty sure you've read the book. Yeah, it's been about, I read it last year, so it's been a year. Okay. What were your thoughts on the book? On the book? Yes. I loved the book. It was really different just because the whole um, sci-fi element to the story. So I really liked that about the book. And I just liked the characters. Cassie is one of my favorite girl characters in the young adult books and yeah I liked her a lot so awesome now Addie on the other hand has not read the book 
I have not read the book, but honestly, if I had had a chance yesterday after going to the, seeing the movie, I would have bought the books. But I had to work right after the movie, so I couldn't go buy it. But it's a safe bet that I will buy the book, like within the next 48 hours. Highly recommend it. Like we both said, it's a great book. But I was going to say, but you did see the movie. I did. Um, okay. So, and the reason we do that is just to give everybody sort of a sense of where we're all where we're all at. So, you know, Christy and I are obviously going to be coming at this kind of comparing it to the book. Um, and Addie saw the movie, having known and really nothing about it. Um, so I think it just kind of gives us a very com- or discussion. Everybody's sort of on different levels. So let's go ahead and just do overall general feelings about the movie. You know, just did you like it or did you not like it? And um, let's start with you, Addie, since you didn't read the book. What were your thoughts about the movie? I really did like the movie. I have to say it's, I mean, one of my favorites that I've seen, like, ever. Um, it's just like the, like from just the beginning, you just got hit with all these feels. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just really good. I love the movie. And just, I think within like the first 30 minutes of the movie made me want to go and buy the books and read them. I thought it was really good. Okay. What about you, Christy? What did you think about the movie? I really liked the movie. Um, I didn't have really high expectations for it, just because from the trailers, I could kind of tell that they changed some things from the books. So I just kind of went in with an open mind, and I actually ended up really enjoying it. So, yeah, I liked it. Um, Before I went in and saw it, I made the mistake of reading a review. (laughs) 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 I don't know why. I told myself I wouldn't, but it's like one of my... Uh, favorite movie reviewers and so I was like okay I'm going to go ahead and do it and they didn't like it at all and they were saying it was absolutely terrible 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 so I went in with pretty low expectations um, I actually disagree with that reviewer I don't think it was <laughs> terrible um, the, the way he was saying but I can't say that it, this was like my favorite movie or anything I was left a little disappointed um, about how they sort of translated on screen but I didn't think it was terrible like, I, I know it's getting trashed by the reviewers, and, like, it has something like an 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, like, extremely low. Like, that's, like, almost Avatar, The Last Airbender <laughs> <laughs> status, and I don't I don't think it was that bad at all. Um, but I was left a little disappointed, but generally a good movie. Let's go ahead and talk about what we liked about the movie. What, what did you guys think was good about it? I thought... Chloe Moretz was really good in the movie. I mean, um, Cassie was missing like her sarcastic side in the movie to me, but I thought Chloe still did a really good job in playing her. So I was really happy about that. I just think the whole cast did good, actually. I like the whole cast, so that was probably my favorite part about the movie. Love the fact that, I don't know, she just, you know, she's... Like, in the movie, she's just, like, this normal teen, but, you know, she doesn't, she admits that, you know, she's not necessarily tough, but she's not necessarily helpless either. And the acting was really good. I think, I thought the the cast was a really strong cast. They did mesh well together. And, I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't necessarily know, like, the, well, I don't know, the dialogue, if it was included in the movie or not, but I feel like it sort of got the point across 
the way it was written. I didn't think it was over, like, you know, too cheesy or, you know, overly done. I liked it. But it was good. Yeah, I would agree with you guys. Chloe Grace Moretz, um, I think she's a great actress already. Um, and so I thought she did really well. I thought some of the chemistry between her and a couple of the characters was really well done. Um, I want to, like, bring up Zachary Arthur, who plays Sammy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, is, if I understand, I think he's been, like, in a couple TV shows. Uh, but I think this was his first theatrical movie he's ever done. And I thought he did fantastic. Yeah. Like, he just really captured, like, the innocence, sort of, of, uh, of the character Sammy. And you just, you can't help but, like, just feel so, I don't know, bad for him. You want to hug him. Yeah, you want to hug him. That's a, that's a good way to put it. He's just, like, yeah. he's too adorable. Like, the teddy bear has nothing on this little kid. <laughs> and so, like, I thought he was great, and I really loved, um, you know, some of the scenes uh, between him and Cassie, and, like, in the beginning, there are a couple uh, where I just feel like they really bond with each other. Um, so yeah. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I agree. It helped us kind of relate to Cassie and Sammy more. Especially, you know, just having to, if we were ever put in that situation and having to fight for our family. So I thought they did that good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of just like them, like I think also the whole Sullivan family, like for me, the the best part of the movie where it's like the first half hour or so where they're going through the waves. And um, just like the father too, he came across, I have no idea who yeah. that actor is, but he came across as really genuine and great to me. And um, so I thought that was fantastic. Just the whole setup of of Cassie's family and the loss that she went through, I thought that was executed very, very well. Yeah, that's what I'm like. If just like within the first half hour of the movie, you're just like hit with all of these feels, and like you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, I don't. I, uh, I not going in basically blind to seeing the movie. I was just like, I was not. I was bombarded with all of these like feelings and emotions that I was not ready for. Well, speaking of that, um, I I want to ask you, what did you think of that opening scene with the uh, the the guy in the convenience store? I thought it was intense. I thought it was um, I mean, I kind of figured it would be like a flashback that that wasn't where the movie started. I thought it was a good segue to explain, you know, how she got there, you know, what the events that have led her, like what what has happened that's made her have to resort to, you know, doing what happened. Yeah, I just thought that scene in particular was uh, very, very well done. Um, I just thought the whole opening sequence was really good. I kind of like, too, the way they, uh, just like the opening titles. I don't know why I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. But, you know, it would, like, black out, and then it go back, and black out, and go back. And I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I like that, too. I agree. The other actor who I thought did really well was Alex Rowe, who played yes. Evan Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I pref- I thought he did a better job than Ben uh, or Nick Nick Robinson. Yeah. Um, but for me, Evan or Alex, that's the name of the actor. Whatever the character Evan, I don't know. He came across as uh, he was very much how I pictured him when I read the book. Um, yeah. So I thought that was great. I don't know if you guys have anything to add about him. I really like. Yeah, I really liked him too. He is exactly how I pictured um, Evan in the book. From the book. I was happy about that. I feel like we didn't get enough 
of Ben's character. Like from the books, there's so much more to Ben than what we saw in the movie. So I can't really say if I liked him as much as I liked Evan in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Which is something I wanted to bring up. Um, if we're ready to go into what we didn't like about yeah. <laughs> about it, um, I don't know. Is there anything else that was good before we we would transition into that? I would have to agree. Um, um, Alex Rowe did do. A, I feel like he did a, re- a really good job. I did feel that you know there was more to him. You know, I'd seen the tr- the, the trailer where he, Cassie's like, "What are you?" So you know, I knew he was kind of like. Not a shady character, but somebody who had, like, something to hide. But I do have to agree with Christy. I do feel like there was a lack in Ben's character. Like, I just, just watching the movie, you know, he felt kind of, like, two-dimensional a little bit. But, I, I mean, I feel like there should have been more, a little bit more in Ben's background that was given to the audience. Yeah, we can go ahead and talk about that. I did want to just mention... Really briefly, um, the other person who I really liked was Micah Monroe, who played Ringer. She got, yeah. I th- I, for to me, she got across the sort of the hardness and sarcasm of the character, and um, she got the most laughs in my theater. Like she provided the most humor in the movie. Um, so I liked her. I don't know if other people liked her, but um, anyway, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things we didn't like so much, and let's go ahead and start with Ben Parrish, because um, you guys have just both brought up that we didn't really get his background too much. And that was one of the big changes that I noticed um, because I believe in the book, we spend some time with him and he kind of gives um, some background on what happened to his family. And I believe they were like attacked in their home or something and killed there. And then he's like at a refugee camp and stuff. And all that is just kind of left out. Oh my gosh, that's a spoiler. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we could do this without the spoilers. <laughs> I know, it's hard. It's hard about the bad stuff without spoiling it. I know. Okay. Well, I the nice thing is I can always go back and add a warning in editing. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, let's just go ahead and talk about. You have carried away. <laughs> because um, I don't know. For me, that was that was an issue, and it has nothing to do with Nick Robinson. Otherwise, Nick yeah. Robinson, in my mind, was fantastic. And he did a good job capturing the character, but like, um, writing-wise, I felt like they really dropped the ball in this movie. That was my biggest gripe, and that's just one example of where I feel like they left something out. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Like the scene where Ben and Ringer and the rest of the squad figure out that about the fifth wave, that just felt kind of rushed to me. I don't know why, but. It just kind of did, and it's like they just came to realize this big stuff, and I don't know. It just felt weird to me, like they just all of a sudden realized this. So Yeah, I have to agree with that. I felt like, you know, maybe I, at first I felt that, you know, Ben kind of had a mind of his own and, you know, was sort of, like, suspicious of the whole operation going on, but then... It just, I feel like they just like dropped it. Like all of a sudden, they magically realized mm-hmm. that they, that they are being used, and I don't know. Just like he seems like so flat for most of the movie until that point where you know they figure out that they're being used, and all of a sudden he just wakes up. And I thought that was kind of 
I don't know, I feel like they just dropped the bomb instead of building up to it. Well, I'm curious too, Addy, as you were watching it, did it occur to you before they reached that point where they realized that um, the the military were actually aliens? Uh, did that? Did you already make come to that conclusion yourself? I came to that conclusion um, when they they barged into the refugee camp when Cassie's like, um, I thought there was no electricity. Mm, yeah. Right. So um, I did. I was, I was a bit like wary, but then um. I don't think my suspicions, you know, actually came to, like, got more confirmed when, I don't know if I should say this, like, what, in the scene where, um, you know, Cassie walks in and there are, you know, actual army guys among the dead. Oh, but, you're talking about when she goes back into the little lodge yeah, and she looks just, at all the dead people and there are a couple of army guys there. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. No, yeah, for me, like, see, I don't remember exactly um, what my thoughts were when I read the book because it has been a couple of years but I, to me it didn't seem so obvious right I, I don't know like when I read the book I didn't feel like it was super obvious but in the movie I felt like they just made it extremely obvious what was going on and so by the time you get to those twists they're not really twists because you're just like yeah I figured this out like yeah. an hour ago yeah I agree definitely in the book, you kind of felt like you could trust the military. And then and while I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, this is kind of obvious, but... Yeah, that, that for me was just like kind of one of my... That was also another one of my big gripes. And again, I think it comes down to the writing. Like, it has nothing to do with the cast or anything. Yeah. Um, just writing-wise, I was just a little disappointed. I felt like they made that too obvious. Um, and I've since read reviews about the movie, and they all pretty much called it, and I think they're right. Like, it just, it wasn't much of a twist, and that's part of what makes the story so great, you know? It's just, you know, as a reader, you're reading along, and then all of a sudden it's like, the author's like, oh, no, I'm completely going to twist it, and uh, I didn't get that sense in the movie, which was just unfortunate. Another thing that I thought was lost, and I think we've tapped into this, is just, like, a lot of the emotion that I felt in the book, and I wrote this a lot, or I focused a lot on this in my review um, that we published on Bookstack, but like, um, especially the biggest one for me was Cassie, and Christy, you mentioned in the beginning that Cassie is not as sarcastic and uh, witty as she is in the books, and for me that was absolutely like one of the best parts about the book was um, how just funny she was. I, yeah, I thought Cassie was hilarious in the book. Like, I laughed while reading the book because she was pretty funny. So, but in the movie, she just kind of felt, I don't know, she didn't come off as funny as she did in the book, and I think that was kind of just made the book extra special. So I think they missed that on the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Again, nothing to do with Chloe Grace Moretz. I think she did great with what she was given. Um, yeah. But I just, ah, I don't know. Uh, that <laughs> really, really, really bothered me. So <laughs> The cast can only do so much with what they're given. So they just have to guess, you know, m you know, make the best out of what they have. And I think they tried, they did do that. Yeah, I agree. Especially, you can tell, like, through Ben's character, he... Nick Robinson did the best he could. Yeah. So. 
I mean, I've seen the one other movie that he's been in, which is Jurassic World, I believe. And he was pretty good. I liked him in, in Jurassic World. So there is something to compare his acting with. But I did, you know, I did think he was a bit flat in the fifth wave. Yeah. Up until the end, like, between him and Cassie, it was just, I don't know. I couldn't connect with him like I did in the book. So I agree. One of the things that I uh, that really stuck out to me was the fact that they didn't keep Crisco and Chris in the movie. Um, and I think this relates to what we just said. Crisco, if you remember, uh, Christy, he, or even just the, the people who are listening, um, he's the character, I think he's at the refugee camp, and he's trying to, like, flirt with Cassie, and he's just really weird and oh, creepy. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, now I remember him. I'm like, wait, who's Crisco? Right, yeah. and, but Cassie ends up, not knowing that they're aliens, she ends up leading the um, soldiers to him, and they kill him right mm-hmm. in front of her. And that sort of affects her for the rest of the book. Like, she constantly thinks back on Crisco. Yeah. Um, because that was just, like, a really traumatizing moment for her. I mean, also the fact that her dad died, too. But Crisco had an effect. And the other character that had an effect similarly um, on Ben was a character named Chris, who we don't actually see too much in the book, but he is present somewhat. He becomes uh, Ben's friend while Ben's at a refugee camp, I think, when he's sick. And then Ben ends up killing him, I believe. Um, because when he gets to the uh, the base, and, you know, they have him push the button, and they show him that he's infected. Um, you know, this part's in the movie, you know, and he ends up killing the kid. But they don't mention that that was, like, his friend. And in the book, if I remember correctly, that was his friend, Chris. And so it just kind of added, like, this extra emotional tension to the scene and to his character. And it was just completely gone. Yeah, I remember that now. It would have been nice if they added that. And honestly, well, I hadn't forgotten about Crisco, but I had forgotten about Chris. And I didn't remember it until I wrote up that article um, counting all the changes between the book and the the movie and stuff. But, yeah, for me, that was just, like, one of the, the unfortunate things that didn't make it to the screen that I think would have really actually made it better. So um I feel bad I don't remember his name, but it was um like he appeared once and then he was just like with um it was when the like giant tsunami wave washed over New York and he's just standing on a roof watching like all the destruction happening. Oh yeah. Him that one time and then we see him he and when they're um, at the army base, and he's part of Ben's squad. The little he's a kid with the gla- with the glasses. I think it's Dumbo. Yeah. And I it's Dumbo, like Dumbo. I don't know if he was in the book or not, or if he was. They substituted his character with a, for another's. But um, I was just kind of like, what? They were nowhere near each other. Like, <laughs> I was just like, what is this? What's going on? I was like, okay, I guess. No, that's a good point. I noticed that, too. Um, well, I wasn't completely sure because I'm glad you brought that up because when I saw him on the roof and then I saw him later, I was like, is that the same kid? And I wasn't completely sure, but um, I guess if you're feeling that same way, that's a good point. Like, I don't know how we got to – where are they, Ohio? Yeah, Ohio. If he was in New York, <laughs> I mean, don't they have different ba- – like, so, didn't they, like, somehow mention they had, like, several bases across the country where they were kidnapping kids? 
Yeah, they did mention that, so that is weird how he ended up there. They probably just did it so that way they'd have, like, I don't know, so they could introduce a character and have a reason to show what was going on on the coast, I guess. Yeah. The character that I was super disappointed with, um, I want to know what you guys think about uh, Colonel Vosh. I think that's how you say his name. I don't, like, I, th- I think I'm just, I mean, at first he sort of came off, off as, um, you know, kind of like a good guy. And then you see um, Cassie's dad, you know, sort of, like, trusting him in the refugee camp when he's like, I'm not leaving my kids, you know. But then, like, I think the actor also had, like, some kind of sense of, like, manipulation. And right after, like, they leave, or after he, like, says, you know, you know, humans are infected and, you know, they're among us and kids are easier to detect. I'm like, dude, you're a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was kind of pretty, a bit obvious from, you know, the get-go. Like I said, in the books, it, the twist was really huge. So, because I, like, ended up trusting him in the beginning, he came off as that, you know, like a good guy in the books. And then, but you kind of could still tell if something was wrong with him. But in the movies, just right off the bat, I felt like I couldn't trust him. I don't know if that's because I knew his character from the books or just because of how he was portrayed in the movie. So I don't really know. But, yeah, in the movie, you could definitely tell that he was a bad guy once he started talking to Cassie's dad and saying, you know, children can go and all that stuff. So I thought he, the reason he gave, you know, um, I don't remember what the reason, how he convinces them to separate from the children is in the book, but, you know, the reason he gave Cassie's dad was pretty, it felt legitimate and authentic, you know, like, hey, let's get the children out of here because we think something's going to happen. Here is my problem with the character, and I think the actor, um, his name is Leif Schreiber, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's, like, a really big actor who's in a bunch of movies and TV shows that I've never seen. (laughs) But um, I know he's, like, really popular. And he was, like, one of the big names attached to this movie. Um, And uh, I, again, this this isn't him. This is the writing. In the books, um, Vosh is so sadistic. Like, I don't know. That's the way he comes off off as to me. And, like, um... I feel like he plays all these crazy psychological mind games, especially with Ben. Yeah. And then when you get, like, to, uh, well, let's not do infinity spoilers. But, um, <laughs> but I feel like that continues, and it's even expanded on more in the second book. And um, I don't know. He comes off, like, in the book, he was just very creepy and evil and sadistic. And in this movie, he just felt very serious and flat. I don't know. I miss the interactions between him and Ben, too. Like, how he talked Ben into things. It just made you connect with Ben a lot more. So I kind of wish they would have added more scenes of them together instead of just that big one where Ben finally realizes everything. And that might go into also what we were talking about earlier with the fact that we felt Ben was a bit underdeveloped, you know? Maybe had they kept those those scenes in there, maybe we would have gotten more... uh, of a sense of who Ben was. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the things that um, didn't work, they're all interconnected. And it's almost like, had you just kept some of these things in or just fleshed them out a bit more, you would have fixed a lot of these problems. I don't know. 
I feel like I'm dragging down the conversation. You guys said you liked it. Effect. Yeah. So you guys said you liked it. I like I said I didn't dislike it. Um, I was entertained. I was I didn't regret that I went and saw it or anything. Um, but I just left a bit disappointed. Overall, in general, I think it's a good movie. Um, I think fifth wave fans are gonna like it. Um, it's always fun to see the characters you like come on screen. Pretty faithful and loyal adaptation, I'd say, to the book is in terms of like plot and everything that happens. So, any last thoughts from you guys? Like, I think we talked about this, but you know, just like the, how well you know the chemistry between you know the cast was, kind of is one of the good things that I liked about the movie. Like, even though you know we saw about like well, like about 15 minutes of you know Cassie and Dad and and her dad interacting, that scene where he just tells her to run just kind of, you know, really grips you. Yeah. Or where she's just, I feel like, I feel like they did all, they, they used that all, like, emotional setup and used that to, you know, use that as a driving force, you know, for Cassie to, you know, maybe not be as sarcastic as you guys say she was in the books, but, uh, but like, make her, like, strong in the movie to, you know, to go find her brother. And I think that made no sense. It made sense in my head, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do you see... Do you think that they're going to create an Infinite Sea movie? Do you think that they're going to continue with this with this franchise? What are your thoughts? I would hope so. I liked it. I thought the movie ended in a, you know, in a place where, you know, if, you know, Sony decided not to make another sequel to it, you know, it'd be fine, but I also feel like the ending, you know, left it where, you know, there could be, you know, you know, it's not just like a random break, and they could, you know, develop, I think it left it open for a sequel. It definitely ended differently than the books, if I could remember correctly, so, but I'll be interested just because I felt like the second book was a little bit slower and more, there's more information in the second book, but as of, like, action, it was a lot more slower than the first book, so I'll be interested to see if they do make one, how they'll come out as. No, yeah, I I think you bring up an interesting point. It was something I was thinking about, because the second book is a lot smaller than the first book, mm-hmm. and there's a lot less that happens in it. Um, And so, like, if they were to create a second one, I think they'd actually be changing a lot yeah. of the plot, um, which I don't know how fans would feel about that. But maybe we'd have like an insurgent or scorched child <laughs> situation on our hands, you know? Uh, <laughs> you have the first movie being fairly faithful, and then the second one just like, what the heck is going on? Um, I almost feel like they'd have to do that, though, for The Infinite Sea, because I feel like The Infinite Sea just didn't have a lot going on in it. Um, yeah. So... I mean, I haven't read the book, but I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, a, a possible way that, you know, they could do it is, you know, add some background to it, you know, to the whole uh, invasion and, you know, the military, you know, like what happened, you know, that the audience didn't see in the book. Sort of like they did, like, with the Hunger Games movies, you know, because we all see it from Katniss one point of view, but then, you know, the filmmakers added other scenes too sort of, like, explain, you know, why this is happening. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I'd like to see that. Yeah, they could definitely do a lot of things with it. My question is, though, like, 
are they going to get to it? And I'm a little... I mean, I don't think it's impossible for them to go ahead and do an Infinite Sea movie, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Yeah, I don't think I'd be surprised either, just because the critics are, like, giving such bad reviews that, I don't know, I really don't know if they're going to make a second one or not. Yeah, that was that's what I was going to say, like... um. I just feel like there isn't, there hasn't been a lot of hype leading up to this movie, like there was, say, for The Hunger Games, or even Divergent had a lot of, uh, there was a lot of hype. Like, I remember seeing, even, like, the news broadcast was talking about Divergent, because it was just, like, kind of a big deal. Um, but for this one, there's just, like, nothing. It just has been very quiet. In fact, when I saw the movie, I went Thursday night, opening night, my theater wasn't full at all. And um, the majority of people there were, like, old people. Yeah. I have to say that too. I went, yeah. I went to buy my ticket, and there was like an elderly couple. Not, they were not elderly, but they're like, you know, in their fifties or like early sixties, and they're like, "Oh, come to get to the fifth wave," and I'm just like, "Okay then." <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of old people at my showing too. I thought that was crazy. I that was interesting. <laughs> but I have what to is all. this the deal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think there was, there honestly was not a lot of, you know, hype and advertising for the movie. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, you know, for like The Hunger Games or Divergent, they have all of these crazy contests, you know, win this kind of stuff or, you know, you know, attend the premiere or, you know, whatever. And the only one I saw for the fifth wave was for a radio station, and it was for a passage to a concert and a behind-the-scenes meet-and-greet with Cassie and, I mean, with Chloe and some of the other cast. That was the only contest I saw. And I didn't even see, like, billboards or anything. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, there have been a lot of, um, there have been a lot of screening contests, I've noticed, like, early screening contests, um, that Sony was doing through websites. Uh, I haven't seen anything else really. That's a good point. Other than like our own, <laughs> we've mm-hmm. been we're doing a signed book one, but by the time this episode comes out, uh, that'll already be over. But um, yeah, I haven't seen much in terms of contests and giveaways. So yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know. It's just been quiet. Yeah. So I mean, I hope it doesn't go. I thought it was a good movie, and I feel like you know there's potential for more sequels. I just hope it doesn't, so, you know, go the way, you know, the host did. There was, like, no hype for it. There was, like, two trailers, and then, like, nobody heard of it ever again. Yeah. But Wasn't the host a really small movie production, though? Like, wasn't it Stephanie Meyer's personal movie studio or something like that that did that? I have no idea. I, just remember, I, I read the book. I liked the book. The movie, I thought the movie was a, good, a, a really good adaptation, but... I think it was in part because of the decline in the Twilight fandom and the really cheesy effects towards the end and all the weird changes, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there was that, like people criticized, like the movie was really criticized, but fans really liked it. So hopefully, you know, the studios won't listen to you know all the you know old critics who are you know. Yeah. Well, you know. What it's really going to come down to is isn't so much the critics; it's going to be the money. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I, I think if it does well at the box office, we'll at least maybe get a sequel. Yeah. But and like I'm looking up right now, 
the movies that are coming out this weekend? Because what what is it up against right now? Um, like what Dirty other movies? Grandpa. Come? Dirty Grandpa. Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I I just remember that's coming out this weekend, and I don't remember what else is out. I just know that it's coming out because it got like the worst reviews. I think it's down there with Avatar, the Airbender movie. Yeah. That's how bad the reviews are apparently. <laughs> and, and I don't agree with that because the last Airbender was seriously the worst movie ever created in history of movies. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, uh, yeah, I'm seeing nothing. All I'm seeing is Dirty Grandpa, I guess. So. I mean, I guess it isn't typically uh, rated R movies don't do as well as non-rated R movies, but every once in a while you get exceptions. Like I think Deadpool's going to be an exception in the next yeah. several weeks. Um, but so I don't know. I guess it has a chance. I don't. It's up against Thirteen Hours, the Benghazi movie. So I don't know. And it, it isn't impossible for movies that came out like a week ago to continue trending at yeah. number one, which is what Mockingjay did all the way up to Star Wars. Yeah. So, also, uh, you brought the fact that you know that you know uh, the ratings for the movies. Was it just me, or you know there was a lot, I, like a lot of subtle cursing in the movie, mainly on Cassie's part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she 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 swears a decent amount in the book, I think. No, I know, but you know, like in for PG thirteen movies, you know, you can only say like certain words just once, like in Mockingjay. <laughs> she just keeps going. And yeah, they bleach her out, but, but you know, Heyman just goes, "Well." <laughs> <laughs> so I know that there's only like a certain amount you can of curse words you can use for a movie in order to be you know PG thirteen. So I'm just, so I was just like, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard Cassie say at least five times, <laughs> very like. <laughs> Well, I guess you can get away with that. I don't know. Oh, the other one that's coming out is The Boy. That's the other one for this weekend. Oh, right. I think a big indicator of whether or not Sony's going to want to continue this franchise is if the fifth wave comes out on top. Um, It doesn't have a ton of competition, but like we said, it's had a really quiet release. And, um, like, I don't think it would be out of... Or I don't think it'd be impossible even to see some of the older movies like The Revenant or The uh, 13 Hours to uh, to actually top the box office this weekend. So I guess I, those numbers come out tonight or tomorrow morning, um, which we're recording on Saturday, so by the time this is released we'll know. But um, yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Well, um, just a reminder to everyone, uh, we're going to start trying to be more consistent with our schedule. Maybe we talked about this last episode, but um, in case you didn't hear, what we're going to do is normally we uh, record on Saturdays, um, and we've decided to start recording on the second Saturday of the month, so we kind of all know that's the day we're going to record, and we can hopefully just be more consistent (laughs) um, with the amount of episodes that we release. The only times we're going to change that up is when there's like something happening, like some big event, kind of like what we did this last month um, with Shadowhunters last week and now uh, Fifth Wave this week. Um, so I think the next time... All right, and then we're just going to release them on Tuesday, on the Tuesday after. So I think that's like the third Tuesday of each month. So just so you're aware, um, that's going to be our schedule going into 2016. I don't think there's anything big happening in February. Do you guys know? No, but uh, Allegiance coming out in March, correct? Yeah, Allegiance in March, and then 
There's a book release, a really big one. Um, the Glass Sword by Victoria Aveyard. On the 9th. On the 9th of... February. Well, that is the 9th of February. Okay. So we might possibly look into doing an episode on that. I think it depends on how many people we could get. Um, yeah, that's the February 9th already. Ah, okay. <laughs> a lot of books to read. I still got an advanced reader's copy of a book the other day, and I haven't... I started it, but I'm not even close to finishing it. So. Uh, okay. Have you guys read those books? Yeah, I have. I haven't. I'm going to go... I, I started, started working, and last night at work, I was online looking for books. And Red Queen is on my list. I would recommend it, because that one's gaining a lot of traction. Um, so, we'll and see if... is that going to become a movie, too? Yeah. Elizabeth Banks directing it? Well, that was the rumor that she was looking into it, um, but I haven't heard any sort of confirmation since then. That was a few but, months ago. Because I saw, I had seen she Elizabeth post something on her Facebook yeah. page about it. Wait, what? And then Victoria, like, posted a picture of her, of them together, too. Oh, dang, I totally missed that. When was that? <laughs> I don't know when she posted it, but then she was like, good, new, or good, like, Red Queen movie meeting today or something. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, I think if that's it, then we should just go ahead and wrap up here. Um, we actually have a lot of Fifth Wave content up right now. Um, we've got a list of 15 book-to-movie changes, um, so you can kind of compare the book to the movie. Um, we've got a movie review. Um, Lucy, who couldn't be here today because I guess she's stuck in a bus for 10 hours or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said, or uh, she came up with this great uh, article about things she was excited to see in the movie. And even though the movie's already out, finally, uh, it's still it's a good article to go and look at. Um, and then finally, we have a quiz or game, sort of. Can you survive the fifth wave? And it sort of just kind of puts you in the fifth wave itself. I wrote it. I don't know if it's very good, but I had fun writing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go online. All of that is at bookstack.com. And yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think that's it. So thanks for being here, guys. And we will catch you guys next month. See ya. Bye. Bye. It's horrible. It is. Oh, I don't know what those bubbles are. <laughs>
Right? They look like they're in Mars. Yeah. Like everything is orange and red and then <laughs> then it's white. Like the built the airport is white. But only a section of the airport is white. Everything else is like this is just like what is happening? Like I was just like, what in the hell is going on? Like, they lured you in with a picture of, like, a shirtless Theo in, like, a shower. Right. <laughs> Seriously, if you go to the to a Divergent movie page, like, on Twitter, their pinned tweet is, like, a gif of Theo in the shower, shirtless. That's seriously how it opens. What the hell is going on? Yeah. You guys, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what is this? I don't know. The cinematography looks cool so far. The leaves look nice. Oh, there's Chris. <laughs> but I don't understand why are they like? Did they have to escape and climb up the wall in the book? I don't remember. Do you guys remember? No. No, they, they go in were... trucks. Yeah. Trucks? Yeah, they do. And isn't Tori no. dead? Yeah, she yeah. dies. And, when... and this is Mars, and there's got spaceships. Oh, yeah, the bubbles. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, the bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Ender's getting thought. What? She's getting undressed? I'm so confused. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> no, they're all naked. <laughs> what? What on earth? You want to know what's funny, though? Um, Like, all my friends, you know, they think the movie, the Divergent movies suck, and, like, Insurgent especially is not good. But when they saw the Allegiant one, they're like, whoa, this actually looks cool. (laughs) 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 Wow. Oh, my gosh. 